hello, hello again to Listening to Recently Added. I'm your host, Jonas Oppenheim. Listening to Recently Added is a podcast where we listen to the podcast Recently Added and talk about it. We offer analysis, <laughs> reviews. We always use the pronoun we to describe me. I don't know why I do that. There are certain things I've discovered. I'm on episode six here. I'm here with you on episode six, and I've learned that just being in a podcast frame of mind, I my vocal inflections really they turn into podcast guy. I don't know what. Maybe I imagine I'm like Mark Maron or someone. Or I, I've driven myself crazy listening to my inflections over and over again. I'm not going to tell you what they are because I want you to notice your own patterns. And if I point them out, it'll probably be like. Where that kind of thing where you just you can't even listen to it anymore because you're so tuned in to what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is the last thing I would want. This podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and I love getting listener emails at my email, listening to recently added at gmail.com. Haven't received a ton of emails. I've received two. I've given them full red carpet shout outs on the podcast. Is that something that you aspire to? Just email me. My last episode, episode five, was long. I'm acknowledging that. I'm owning that. I just looked at my recording mechanism and saw that that the raw take, because I do these in one take and then I, I edit them down just for ums and lip smacking, and if I can cut content, I do. I recorded 50 minutes for the last episode, 5-0. So I cut out 15 minutes, 1-5. That was um, impressive, if I do say so myself. Did you hear? You may not have heard that edit, but I went um and smacked my lips in in succession. Oh, I, to- I, I wasn't going to tell you what I do. <laughs> Okay, well, now you know some of the things that I have learned about my podcast voice. Anyway, uh, there was also a really cool revenge theme last week, so I had to kind of get into all of that, and it spilled over into real life. I met a guy who was being hunted by witches. That was really exciting. I'm going to keep a lookout for him. Uh, I don't see a theme to this this episode. I think this is just going to be like one power-packed punch. So let's get into it. They, um, as opposed to the week before where there was no guest and that gradually came out, they were very clear up front, there's a guest. Her name was Ayo Adebari. She was really great. She was charming. She was smart. She was funny. Great guest. I'll say that up front because she also had the moment late in the episode where, <laughs> where the hosts told her that this podcast exists and it made her a little self-conscious which seems to be what happens i don't know why like you get on a podcast you assume people are gonna listen but then when you hear there's a second podcast that's gonna talk about you it's a little something she wasn't as she wasn't as thrown as 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 uh, greta seemed to be uh but we did we'll get into this in a in a sec because it it blossoms in terms of significance in this episode Nick asked an interesting, he was being sarcastic, but he asked a question early on of Will, why do we enjoy this process? Meaning watching, have I explained what their podcast is? They watch shows on Netflix and preview them and kind of review them for people and either recommend them or don't recommend them. So that's what recently added is. 
And you must know that. This is episode six. You're not jumping in on episode six blind and ignorant. So Nick was saying why, kind of hypothetically, kind of sarcastically, why do we enjoy the process of doing this? Because AO, like, gave them a lot of shit about it this episode. She's really the first one who came in and really, like, she totally did her job and, and, uh, and, and watched the shows and had opinions, but, but she also called out the whole process, called out the, the thing that they're doing, that Nick and Will are doing, and said, why, you know, you guys shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and it's kind of a good point. Nick talked about, they kind of, Nick and Will both are, uh, have serious girlfriends. Will's is a fiance. Will hasn't really adopted that nomenclature yet, but he, he will, he'll get into it. And then by the time he's become used to calling her his fiance, she'll be his wife. That's what happens. I'm an expert. I've been married once, still married. So Nick was describing how they watch these shows that the girlfriends try to keep up, but basically they go to sleep and then Nick and Will end up watching the shows by themselves I don't know. Sometimes they seem to be watching them together. I don't watch many shows with my wife. <laughs> we don't, we're not really on the same schedule. And um, there aren't like that many shows either of us are interested in. What has happened is I'm a, a playwright. Uh, I've been a playwright for a long time. And I used to go to a lot of plays and I used to get her to come to the plays with me. But after a certain point, she'd come to too many plays that were not good. And then she stopped coming to play. So now I have to really, I have to, it has to be a really strong, I have to have a really good feeling about the play to um, convince my wife that she should come to it. That's what happens when, uh, when you're not, I guess, on the same wavelength as far as whether you should be consuming a whole lot of this one medium. So sounds like uh, recently added hosts, I'm sort of in the same boat. They talked about the musical Cats uh, extended riff, I, I'll call it. It was good. Netflix News got the musical intro back from Lyra. I hope it's going to stay. They, I, I think she's on some sort of, or at least in this episode, is YouTubing herself into the the recording studio. If it's anything like the recording studios I've been in, there's like a control room through some glass, and then, there, you know, or if you've ever seen a radio station represented on TV, and then there's, a, you know, the other room with the microphones. I imagine, I'm imagining that wherever they're doing this is nice. It, sound, it sounds pretty professional, the whole setup. If Lyra's in the other room... Um, two rooms in a studio that makes it a nice studio. I think I've, I listen to a lot of radio. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do listen to a lot of radio, particularly KXLU here in Los Angeles. And, and as I understand it, there's some KXLU listener who did paintings, a painter of what he thought the DJs looked like based on their voices, which I thought was such a cool project. So maybe I'll draw a picture of what I think <laughs> the recently added studio looks like. Uh, so Netflix News, Nick brought out the New York Times where they were recommending Netflix shows, like 10. And of course, recently added is up to date, like so up to date. Within days of stuff dropping on Netflix, they have put out their show. New York Times is one of those things where by the time the New York Times is is writing about it, it's over. That's that's how I've always felt. Like by the time I hear a song or become aware of some cultural phenomenon, it is played out, it is over. 
I guess I kind of insulate myself on purpose for whatever reason so that I can have my own thoughts or so that I'm not responding to pop culture when I'm writing stuff. I don't know. And then sometimes I do. What does it all mean? Nick also had a list of of famous listeners. Well, not a list, but he kind of touched on a few famous listeners or people associated with the shows or movies they review who interacted with them on uh, Twitter. I really haven't had that kind of action so far on this podcast. I wanted to call out Pat Stango again because I didn't recommend his podcast when I think I just sort of mentioned that he was listening, which was like puffed up my self-esteem, but I forgot to say that I really enjoyed Pat's podcast, which is called How to Watch Movies the Right Way. It's uh, entertaining, and I, you know, it's like a deep dive on listen on movies that have just come out, and n- nothing. I don't want to see any of these movies. I don't want to see anything ever. But they have such fun with it. It's fun. Also, I guess I'll I'll just sum up my interaction in media with with my my public Zachary Bernstein's I'm gonna call it fan podcast again even though he didn't want me to went off the air I mean it it completed its run he did four episodes uh he just finished up with episode four okay thanks that was fun and uh my friend Ray Olson did a weird thing where he turned on this podcast and then tr- and then re- started recording himself talking back to it while it was playing but <laughs> it was nothing it was it was gibberish i mean it wasn't gibberish it was like you would start to say something and then he'd he'd lose his train of thought and then and then i'd be on to something else and he hadn't heard what i was saying it was a hot mess but i appreciate the effort ray Okay, so then let's talk about what they list, what they watched on Recently Added and discussed. Uh, there's some sort of movie called Triple Frontier. I've seen the billboards around town. It's like five big white dudes that are soldiers in the Middle East. And, you know, so you kind of get all that from just looking at the poster and they're all serious looking. Apparently there's issues of PTSD and some sort of heist in it. Sounds horrible. Definitely not going to watch certainly don't like shows where everyone on the poster is like too handsome. I guess actors have to be good looking, you know what I mean? Or else they're not even going to pursue that. My wife's come into the room. All I'm saying is too many handsome dudes, hunky guys, looks boring. Not going to watch. They didn't seem, I think they sort of mostly dissed Triple Frontier and then like it got two out of three votes that you should watch it. Classic recently added. Then they watched this show, uh, The Disappearance of Madeline something. I didn't write down her last name. It was a true crime show that um, sounds kind of depressing. I'm not really interested in the true crime genre in terms of all these documentaries that are coming out. I did have an obsession for a little while. Something just broke in the background. Oh... Oh, no. Do I have to violate my record this in one take rule to help? Something just seriously broke. Okay, I'm going to pause. Okay, here I am back. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, My wife came in, broke something, and then 
I, I paused so that I, because I said I was going to help, and then she pointed out that I didn't help, and she just cleaned it all up herself. I did not help my wife clean up the thing that she broke. So where were we? We were talking about true crime, and I was going to say how there was a brief, semi-brief period of time where I was really into Charles Manson, like reading about Charles Manson, because I was sort of raised as a 60s ophile, like my parents, you know, the 60s were very important to them and the music and the culture and all the hippies and everything like that. And um, and I thought it was really interesting how Charles Manson kind of took all the hippie stuff, the long hair and the free love and the music and just t- t- twisted it and corrupted it and made it evil so I, uh, I, I always think of him as like the evil hippie. And I don't know. I read a bunch of books. I read one by a guy who was in a band called The Fugs. And I read Vincent Bugliosi's book about the, the Manson murders. And it was a trip. Fucked up. Fucked up stuff. That's all Madeline made me think of. Uh, then they started talking about Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, is that what it's called? Season three. I've never watched this show, and I started to feel like maybe this is the one that I should watch. And it ended up being one of the shows that I watched this week uh, based on their recommendation. Nick said he always loves it. He's seen every single one. He'll see every every single one. Everyone seemed to really love Queer Eye. Again, I think I am not the kind of TV watcher who is dying to like watch a bunch of unscripted shows. But um, I guess I'm glad this compelled me to finally watch it. I, I, they are super positive, those guys. Man, they, I can see why this is a, a phenomenon. They really make you feel good. They, they have, they've clearly done this a lot, but this is my first experience with it. But they have really good language for, for, how, for what they do. Like they really know how to take what people say about themselves or what we're thinking and, and, and reframe it in a positive light so that it becomes about building your self-esteem or feeling better about yourself. You know this because you've probably seen Queer Eye. I've never seen it. So this is me just kind of landing in the pool. The theme song really reminded me, reminded me of the Lego movie theme song that Everything is Awesome, which is... I'm an expert on it right now because we've discovered it. We've seen the Lego movies around here and and you have to be as a parent like strategic about what you introduce to your child because if it's something you love like say a Beatles song, you're going to hear it a thousand times. Little kids just want to hear the same exact thing over and over again. They don't want to make a lateral move or explore works by the same artist. They just want to hear that exact song over and over and over again. So for us, Everything is Awesome is on heavy rotation. Twist and Shout, the Beatles version. Yellow Submarine. Freaking Blitzkrieg Bop, I think I've discussed on this podcast. Uh, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. Oof. Over. So, so it's not like it's one thing if you even liked it to begin with, but if it's like yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me, the studio version from the Disney ride. Oh, if you don't even like it and now you have to hear it a thousand times, it's horrible. Don't have kids. 
so the Queer Eye guys, I guess, I don't know if this was the whole season or just this show, but they're on a road trip. They're all on a road trip to Missouri. Culture clash going to happen. You know it. Uh, I've been on a road trip with Nick, the most memorable road trip of my life. Probably it was one of the most memorable road trips for him, too. I think he's done a lot of traveling on the road since then, so maybe not. It doesn't stand out as much. For me, it stands out. We took this radical play about overthrowing the government to, like, the Midwest, and we toured all through the Midwest. I, I booked it. I'm not a booker. I didn't know what I was doing. I booked a different city every other day, and these cities were in different states. So it was like we started in Kalamazoo for two nights, then it was Chicago for two nights. Then it was Minneapolis for two nights. You see what I'm saying? And that's a lot of driving. It all started off well because we, were, we started in California and we went up the coast and did some, some shows. And then we had a paid gig in Kalamazoo after playing the Bay Area. And we drove across the country with 12 people. Most of them didn't know each other. And we had two vans, one of like the big like E-150 kind of police-looking vans and one minivan. And over the course of like the two days of nonstop driving across the country, everyone just kind of broke and snapped and went crazy. And it got really crazy on this tour. It's like its own podcast. I should probably do a podcast about that tour. Maybe I will. Maybe that would be a better idea. Let's just say it was a really eventful tour. Everyone was really unhappy for most of the time. Nick was very unhappy. I was trying to keep it all together because I was sort of the boss. I was very unhappy. It was uh, The show was always really good. The tour part really sucked for everyone, <laughs> and I'll never forget it. So the Queer Eye guys go to Missouri, and there's a woman named Jody. Am I, am I going to recap the episode of Queer Eye that I saw? I don't know. I just kind of was jotting down notes as I was watching it. It was a woman who was a federal prison guard, and she and her husband wear nothing but camouflage, and their first date was firing a gun. And it was all about how she wanted to feel more feminine and feel better about herself, and her husband wanted her to feel better about herself. And it just like it was really touching and it was it was kind of an amazing thing to see because they were the Queer Eye guys are such um, I mean, I've only seen one episode now. So, you know, they were pretty stereotypical, uh, certainly like, you know, maybe you would imagine them at home in New York City or someplace like that. And they were in like Kansas City, Missouri, in on like basically a farm with white people in camouflage with guns and taxidermy deer. And it was like, well, man, all we need to get like the red states and the blue states together is a freaking TV show where they get makeovers. I wonder, have they done that in reverse? Have they done like a, I don't want to say redneck, but like a, like a white conservative farm people makeover New York City gay people? Would that be a good show? Uh, everybody was uh, was really on their best behavior. Very nice. It was kind of weird how I guess part of it is all the queer eye guys like go through the house and just pull out stuff out of the fridge and eat it and <laughs> and open the 
underwear drawer and th- make fun of everything. I mean, I get, that's clearly the fun part of the show, but it was sort of intrusive. A lot of good, like they had like a lot of good language about gender performance, right? Because they're gay guys giving this like straight woman advice on how to wear a bra, you know, and and like and discussing what femininity is or or what they what feeling good about yourself is just such good I get it I get it such good themes on this show I personally like it's so great to have one other person in my life now my spouse who has an opinion that she's willing to share with me about how I dress because I've always hated clothes I've always hated having to deal with that I heard Einstein would get seven of the same suit so he wouldn't have to think about it and I kind of feel like that I'm no Einstein. Not the first time I've said that, but the first time I've said that literally. I guess I don't like having a body in that way. Like, like I, I don't want to dress myself up like others, you know? Like, I don't want to be, like, a follower of fashion. But then that ends up... Then I end up looking just like a slob. And I've never... You know, I don't have, like, a, a, a an office job where I need to dress up, so... So I've sort of gotten away with it, but lately I've wanted to I've wanted to dress a little snappier and maybe it's because I feel my body deteriorating in middle age and I'm like maybe dressing it up better could help alleviate those feelings. I think I'm a candidate for queer eye. I'm probably not the first person to ever say that either. I don't think I'd even want to go to that extreme though. I don't really want to make over. I don't want to like put effort into it. This is obvious if you lay eyes on me. <laughs> And I'm okay with it, but it's nice to have like someone who cares enough to be like, why don't you put this on? Because the act of giving someone something and being like, I think this would make you look nicer, that really goes a long way towards bringing me around to wanting to wear it. You know what I mean? Like I like having all these things that people have given me, particularly my wife, because it makes me feel like someone cares about me, someone's thinking of me, our appearances are in a lot of ways for others and not, I don't mean in like a, a cloying kind of way. I just mean like we have to look at each other. I don't have to look at myself. I almost never look at myself. <laughs> My point is queer eye is fine. Okay. But then, then I ended up turning it off halfway because I was writing up my notes for this episode while I was watching it there came a point in in recently added where they were sh- they shouted out shows on Hulu that I actually had been watching cuz I there's nothing on Netflix that I was like choosing to watch myself but I have watched Pen 15 I thought that was great I did watch Shrill I wanted to see what that was about and it was funny how they were shouting out Hulu shows on recently added but then they got to the next show, Love, Death, and Robots. So I'm going through my notes, and they're at Love, Death, and Robots, and I, re- which is animated shorts featuring Love, Death, and Robots. And Io recommended starting it. She okay on the podcast. She was recommending how you should start Love, Death, and Robots on episode number two. They're a bunch of like animated shorts, basically. She hadn't thought she would like it, like the show. She didn't think she was going to like the show, and then she ended up liking it. And then said something like, don't at me if you um, disagree. And I was going to write that down because I'm like, I'm the guy listening who would at her about it. And that's when Nick brought up listening to Recently Added. And he sort of pimped me into watching Love, Death and Robots. Like now 
Io is like asking for listener engagement and there's at least one listener who's definitely going to engage. So Nick pimped me into watching Love, Death and Robots. So I stopped Queer Eye and started Love, Death and Robots on episode two as Io recommended. Uh, It was uh, one about three robots sort of on vacation doing a walking tour of a post-apocalyptic city. And uh, I've been thinking about short films lately, so I was kind of watching it for that, how quickly they set up the premise, and then they it didn't really heighten or get anywhere until there's a twist at the end. But um, they're just kind of moralizing about human annihilation. It was it was fine. It was good. It wasn't too long, so I wasn't overly concerned about my life going down the drain. Uh, then I skipped to episode three. Netflix tried to make me watch episode one at the end. That was sort of what they offered. But I was too smart, thanks to li- uh, thanks to recently added. I skipped to episode three. This one I really didn't like. It was like this really violent one about a woman getting murdered, like a stripper getting murdered. There's lots of animated stripper nudity. Maybe they're in Asia or something. And um, people are walking around with blood all over themselves in another post-apocalyptic Asian city setting. It looked really good. Like the, the animation was really good. The particularly in this bondage club that they went into or where everyone was sort of wearing complete rubber suits. And it was like, I I mean, I guess it was kind of sexy, I guess, but, but it was very like boy oriented, you know, it was like murder of stripper and sexy women running around naked, like a lot of nudity for uh, this cartoon. And it just felt like I agree with with Io's sort of premonition about the whole series that it was for like fanboys of a certain age. And this one really felt like that. Uh, and I didn't really dig it. I thought it was just kind of gross. I don't need to see more violence. So also as part of this love, death and robots uh, pimping me situation, Nick characterized me as someone who hates TV. He was telling Io about this podcast and he was saying, but the thing is he hates TV. This is a harsh characterization. I am doing this podcast not because I love or hate TV, but because I wanted to respond to the podcast recently added. It's like I, I'm not a rabid watcher of TV. I don't make a podcast in which I have to I make myself watch a shitload of television. So does that mean that I must hate television? Is that what everyone who likes television does? Only people who hate TV don't make podcasts where you watch a lot of TV. I love what I love. There are some TV shows I completely love and can watch over and over again. Okay. There's a lot of it I don't like, and so I don't watch it. I don't feel like I have to be like that informed about what is being made for television. I really love it when it's great. Is that weird? I have opinions. That's what that is. I, I've been get, I say this because I've been getting this um, feedback from people who really like a lot of things my entire life where I'll be like, no, I don't like that. And it's like, Sometimes it'll be about something that that person likes or make them somehow feel insecure that if I don't like it, then I've somehow insulted them. Why does it threaten people when when you say you don't like stuff? I'm, I'm not saying it to prove my superiority or to hurt your feelings. I have an opinion. I don't like it. Does it mean that uh, I have some kind of diff- higher standards? No, I just have different standards. We're all different people. I don't hate TV. I just hate hate that line of criticism, Nick. 
All right. So then they like kind of went into a whole bunch of shows that no one seemed that excited about. And there were so many of them. And it and it just like if they're not going to go that deep into them, then how can I go deeply into them? They talked about Turn Up Charlie, which is a show where Idris Elba, who's a big star, is is apparently some loser who wants to be a DJ who had been a DJ and wants to be a DJ. I know that in real life he was a DJ. And this seemed to me like a pointless show that got made because they had a big star who wanted to do it. And someone was like, oh, you should do it. That'll be fun. Easy to sell. Uh, I'm also a writer who's trying to sell pilots. And it made me want, I, like, I understand it. It's fine. But what about a channel that doesn't have any shows with names, you know, like a channel with no stars? Wouldn't that be a good idea? Like, you just know you're going there to see stuff that's more about the work than the big celebrity personality who's part of the show. Would that be good? Email me. Next show is Arrested Development, season 5B. I didn't realize that they'd put out, like, a bad season when they came back and then re-edited it. (laughs) That's some news I learned on Recently Added. That was interesting. That's crazy. I don't know. I sent an email yesterday and then thought about it for like two hours and then realized that one of the parenthetical phrases was confusing. So I sent a follow up email. Is that kind of the same thing? Then they watched this movie called Burnout, a French biker crime film that was really bad. Sounded bad. A few other shows. If we hadn't met Green Door, Pascal, I, I don't remember them saying anything good or or any I, thoughts that I had tangentially off of them there's a show called you who i think a kid's show i didn't watch it because i watched all this other stuff now i'd like to you know i've got two more episodes after this one i hope there's another kid's show because i'd like to do another one with my guest star b-man who helped me with the kid's show previously you know in light of being criticized for hating television they sure weren't into a whole bunch of these shows that they watched so who's who's the fool now nick you know, like I didn't watch a bunch of shows I knew I was going to hate. And I think I had the same criticism at the end. That was kind of how the episode rounded out. Like, you guys really shouldn't do this show. It's crazy. I mean, she wasn't that wasn't a, a, a sentence. You know, she wasn't like commanding them. But I think we all knew what, what she meant. I think I think life is too short to to watch stuff that you don't feel good about. And I think my system of waiting until I've really had something vetted, enough people who I respect, who have been right in the past, say it's good, then um, then I'll watch it. Then I'll give it a chance. Because otherwise, you know, I want to go do other things. Don't you feel the same way? Email me. God, just fucking email me. <laughs> Please. Are you out there? I'm not an insecure podcaster. I know what I'm doing. I know this is a very small market, if you could even call it a market. It's more like the pile of free shit on the sidewalk at, on on garbage day. Was that a good analogy? Email me. All right. That's the whole episode. There is no, no sensational revenge theme or anything crazy, just solid response to recently added. Great work, everybody. Great work, Io, the guest. Uh, maybe I will at you. Thank you to listening. <laughs> Thank you to listening to Recently Added. I'm thanking myself and my podcast. Thank you to Recently Added for giving this podcast a reason to be. Thank you to everyone who 
acknowledges the existence of this podcast. I hope everyone has a fucking great day. Goodbye.